0: together as a family today Um, and uh, we're going to turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 5 and I'll read starting in verse 12 to verse 21 we will uh, examine what the scriptures have to say to us this morning Romans chapter 5 starting in verse 12 Paul is building on all that he has said about the good news about Jesus Christ the fact that that human righteousness, this is the bad news, part of the good news, that humans must be perfectly righteous in order to earn the favor of God. And no human has done that. And that is bad news. But then Paul speaks as we turn into our transition into Romans chapter 4. At the end of chapter 3 of Romans, Paul says that righteousness has come now through Jesus Christ by faith. And that is good news news and so as we arrive at verse 12 of romans chapter 5 paul picks up uh he's he's applying the gospel message now speaking of all the many benefits that come because jesus christ has made those who put their faith and trust in him righteous and this is what he says therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin so death spread to all men because all sinned for indeed So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word, which comes from your spirit and was written to the Romans so many years ago that we might have faith and believe. We live in a a culture that thinks if it's not shiny and, and black and doesn't cost $700 when it's brand new that it must be old and irrelevant and worth throwing away. But as it is said about your word, it is not an empty word, it is our very life this is the most important text we can receive today father we ask that you would open our minds and hearts to understand your word and to understand what you have accomplished in christ i pray if there is anyone here who does not know you or who is not confident in what they have been given because of the gospel message i pray that this would be an encouraging day and that they would believe. Father, there are probably some here this morning who have walked with you for a long time and perhaps the fire and the joy has gone out. And we pray that you would reignite their passion. Father, there are some who it will not take much. Their their fires are burning, they are excited and they need to be reminded and encouraged that they might go and share with joy and great gratitude what you have done for them. And so we pray that you would encourage us and instruct us this morning from your word. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, as we think about Holy Days, uh, I want to I start by talking about the two days that I, I really look forward to. Um, as you get older, uh, all the different days that are on the schedule and the calendar, right? You know, uh, a, a certain kind of holiday just means a day off from work now, right? You know, it, it used to have some kind of wonder and meaning and majesty when you were a kid. Like, you know, President's Day was like, you know, we celebrate those who've come before, but now it means like a day off. Oh, good, right? You know, um, and 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 as I've gotten older, my, my my focus is really narrowed just to two days, which are. Uh, which are important days, right? And those are uh, my birthday and payday, right? I mean, those are the days on which there is, like, there is something's happening, right? You know, Uh, Inauguration Day, say, is, is great, you know, it's a national holiday. But, like, somebody's getting a prize, and everybody's watching that person get that prize, and I'm just like, what am I doing? Now, I'm watching you on YouTube. Like, this is not a holiday for me. Um, uh, uh, payday, payday is when we get what we deserve, right? I have, I have labored. And we have all kinds of adjectives that we use to describe our work. Now, I'm not going where you think I'm going, right? We, we, have, we have adjectives like I struggled. I strained, you know, I, I brought home the, the bacon, I slaved. And on that day, we get what we have earned. Maybe you recall that first check that you got, right? And you were, you, were, you were excited and ready to open that envelope if you were working back in the day when you got an envelope, right? You know, and it wasn't just like direct deposit. Some of the joy has gone out. Getting paid, right? And that and and again, yeah, yeah, you know, I know we're we're excited about electronic transactions and the money is available, but there was something exciting about opening that first check. But maybe we've had that experience of looking at it and saying, like, wait, that's it. And then you flip it over and you'll get all the stuff that, that's been taken from you, right? That's the way the world works. Work hard, kids. Stay in school and you know, get yourself into a place where you can earn what you think you're do. That's the way the world works. That's the arrangement. You get a check. You get paid. This is the way the spiritual works. Spiritual world works as well. The original arrangement with the first man and first woman was this. You have been given this blessing and this opportunity to fill the earth, to tend it, to keep it. Obey this commandment and you will live and all will go well with you. And as we know from the scriptures, they did not respect the boundaries. They did not keep the arrangement. Whether we parse it out and we say you know, that, that there was deception involved and that's not fair, God gave the commandment clearly to humanity. And the story of the scriptures, then, is the story of sin spreading through the world and death dominating the world. Romans chapter 5 speaks of this and says, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. God requires holiness from humanity. God requires that people walk with him in a way that respects his authority, and if we are not fully in alignment with him and fully respecting his authority, then we are out of relationship with him. There is a division between us and him, and if we do not possess all of the benefits of God in perfect harmony, we can't possess any of them. That's how holy he is. And so death enters the world through sin, and death spreads to all men because all sinned. The old Puritan primer that kids used to write in grade school for the letter A said, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. There's A couple A's in there, right? Good punctuation and penmanship practice, but also good theology. The scriptures say that death reigned from Adam until Moses, because when Moses spoke to the people of God, he brought them God's law and the people knew in fullness and in clarity with God, what God required of them. And so when the law comes, transgression begins to increase right? You, you understand the difference between uh, just doing the wrong thing and knowing that you're doing the wrong thing, right? This is the way that this works. You're, you're zipping down the road, right? Uh, and this has happened. I was in the car the other day with, with my, my littlest, and he was in the back seat, and I was zipping along, and he was like, you know, Dad, the speed limit is 25, right? And uh, yeah, it probably was, but I was in a like, you know, 45 zone at some point in the distant past, right? And I was kind of like at this place where I'm like, I'm not really sure what the speed limit is right now, right? So, at, at this point, I'm probably doing the wrong thing, you know? But as I pass the sign that says 25, I have a choice to make. Now I either have to slow down or I'm transgressing, right? You can be doing the right, and I did slow down, and then we hit a place where it was 45, and I was like, look son, see? 45, yeah. and then I sped up, boom, you know, off I go. I didn't, I didn't explain the thing about you know, being able to drive nine miles over the speed limit, you know, that, that we all kind of grapple. Don't judge me. You're just like me. Our offense spread throughout the race. And we have transgressed God's law. When, when we find a standard... We realize if we examine ourselves well, if we if we inspect, we realize that we have failed to keep that standard and we feel condemnation. Now there are many different kinds of ways of breaking the law, and I think that I think that some of them are incredibly tragic. All sins are not just transgressions of defiance. There are some of, of ignorance and some of impulse and, and some which we, we didn't know, and then later on we find that there's a law in God's word against that. We're like, that's wrong? I've, I, I've done that so many times. But the standard isn't lowered because of our ignorance. God's standards do not change because God does not change. And he is a holy and a righteous God and this is the bad news about payday. I look forward to human payday, right? Like that's what I, I, I look forward to it. Right. It's Monday, but Friday's a coming right? You know, there's a lot of people preaching it's Friday, but Sunday's coming this morning, right? You know, I know that payday's coming. I look forward to that, but what do I not look forward? What do human beings dread? They dread that judgment will come and they know it internally that judgment will fall on them. God doesn't misplace his paperwork and he's very, very thorough. All human beings will have to give an accounting. That's But the bad news teaches us that payday will come. And we open up that envelope. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Death is the wage that we are paid because we have worked and we have earned. And the righteous judge cannot withhold what we have earned and on that day whether we receive an envelope or direct deposit judgment will come and the sentence will be death and that's bad news what a horrible place to end we were just to stop right there pray you're dismissed but there's a there's another event another idea another Another occurrence that, that happens here in verse 15, Paul says, but the free gift is not like the trespass, okay? The trespass, the, 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 the defying of God's laws is connected to payday, right? We, we have worked for it. We have earned payday. The trespass is, is when we get what we deserve. But the free gift It's not like the trespass. And so Paul is going to shift gears. And and so this makes me think about birthdays. You know what birthdays are? What's so awesome about them? You get what you don't deserve, right? You know, who wants to give presents to a kid or an adult even who's going to be like, this is what I want for my birthday, right? Give me this. You owe it to me. No, right? The best kinds of gifts are the ones that are surprises, aren't they? But they're like, there's thought involved and they're perfectly fitted to you because the person who gives them to you knows you and loves you and you open it up and it's like that is a wonderful surprise. I didn't earn it. It came to me out of love and not out of demand. Look at what Paul says here, if the, but the free gift is not like the trespass. Payday is what we have earned. The birthday is an undeserved surprise. I've watched my wife for years open presents, and when she looks at what she's given genuinely and honestly, she will say to the people, she'll say, you didn't, you didn't have to do that. It's a, it's a surprise. It's, it's appreciated. It is genuinely shocking at times what is, what is received. And she'll say, you didn't have to do that. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Because the, the effect of the birthday, the birthday present, is that it is received as truly free. Paul says, if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man Jesus Christ abounded for many the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin the the first man Adam who we saw earlier in in, in verse 14 is described as a type of the one to come. Adam is the first father of humanity. He's the first human representative. And when he breaks the rules, death spreads to everyone. But Jesus Christ comes into the world undeserved, unexpected in some sense, and he lives a perfect life for humanity and becomes a second representative. He brings a gift to humanity perfect righteousness. He never deviates from a single one of God's commands. I'm sure that there were times when his brothers or others would say he always did everything right. He's never like he never did anything wrong, right? You know, and the reason why that 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 we can struggle with people like that who always do everything right and never do anything wrong is they take the rewards for themselves, right? They always have the attention. They always get the praise. And we never receive any benefit because they're hogging up our spotlight all the time, right? You know, stop being so good. No one's noticing me. But when Jesus does this, he lives for the glory of God, yes. But he also comes as a human representative for people. He identifies with us in baptism and by living a life where he gets tired and hungry and he needs to sleep and he faces the anxiety of of physical punishment and of taking sin upon himself. And he goes to the cross as a perfect representative of humanity, fully man. Yes. Fully God as well. And so when he is raised, we get, what we don't deserve. We are presented with an opportunity to receive a gift, not like the result of the one man's sin, a new kind of gift. If the judgment following one trespass, Paul says, brought condemnation, the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. Why? Because God's grace, God's love, moves him to arrange the world in such a way, yes, his standards must be kept, people must be holy, but God calls Jesus to be holy for us, and then he says, I will be gracious to them. I will love them. I will be kind to them. And so what it says here that Verse 17, The death reigned through that one man, and we are all in that place when we are born, but much more, God's righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And so, here's the question. How is it that you choose to live in the light of this? News. Many people exist for payday, right? We 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 think of our life, whether it's a, a weekly pay cycle or an every other week cycle. It's like, man, you know, the the bucket gets renewed on payday, and we live focused on payday. We can live our lives focused on payday, can't we? Spiritual payday. We can we can think I need to be perfect. I need to be good because God is going to reject me. He is going to send me away. He is. He is not going to accept me. I need to make sure that I am good, that I am, and, and, and we're so anxious and nervous about that day. We can live focused on payday. Or we can live focused on the birthday. We can live focused on the fact that we have received a free gift, right? In, in, in my household, money earned on payday is really not negotiable right i know what i'm supposed to do with it it's supposed to go to food gas mortgage savings haircuts all that stuff right but what we get on our birthday that is not spoken for right (laughs) that's not spoken for it's not like oh you need to use that for this no that is in the clear that is that is my money that is my blessing and i can choose to do with it what i like what are you going to do with your opportunity? You have been given a great gift. I I, I had a a moment, a, a, a technological memory, where I was like, man, I remember receiving birthday funds and setting my heart on something and saying, this is what I'm going to do, right? This was this was April 30th, 2012, right? When I, when I made this decision, I, I, had, I had received some, some funds at some point in, in the past, and I said, I am gonna go today and buy myself an eight gigabyte Apple iPod Touch fourth generation. Yes, I have no idea where that thing even is now, but it was like, it was the coolest thing. It cost me $199.27, I looked up the email. Uh, that I received that said, you can come to Best Buy and receive your treasure. Yes, And I remember I, I was like, I had a bunch of stuff to do that morning. I did some things and I was like, now I'm going to receive my precious, right? <laughs> and it was amazing. The day of wages has a competitor in your life, Folks. And you, you get to make this choice. Am I going to live for the day of wages and hope that my good outweighs my bad? It doesn't work that way. Bad can't be canceled out with good. It can't. You can't do enough good to cancel out the bad. Because doing good to cancel out bad is bad. OK? Anyway, I'm not going to really get into that. Because if I, if I go down that road, we'll be here a whole, whole lot longer. The day of wages has a competitor, though. We can choose to say my own attempts at righteousness have fallen so far short, I wanna leave behind attempting to earn it myself and I just wanna receive the gift as a gift and say thank you, thank you. And live in the goodness of what has been received. When it comes to how you're going to earn righteousness, how you're going to, sorry, not earn, attain righteousness, you have one of two options. You can either try to earn it yourself or you can receive the message from the scriptures that all the righteousness that you ever need is ready for you to be picked up right now. Today. And if you made the decision to trust Christ years ago, the scriptures say his mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. There is more righteousness ready for us than we could possibly imagine. And then we think like, oh, but what about this thing that's been done or this way that I've, I've failed or this thing that I'm not sufficient in? His righteousness covers it. In each and every weakness, Paul taught us that his grace is sufficient for us. Paul says this, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, our first father sinned for us, and and sin spread throughout the race. We became an impulsive, sinful people, and and it's our instinct to disobey God before we're even conscious of it. As one trespass led to condemnation, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Adam's sin made us all sinners. But Jesus Christ's obedience makes those who put their faith and trust in him righteous. It's important that we see and we read in this passage the idea that it is a choice. We need to read the righteousness as Jesus, that Jesus has accomplished as, as a gift that is presented to us but which must be received. We must take it. For a number of years, I think I've, I've talked to you about my, um, my conflict with my relative that I call my best friend. Um, my nephew, Nathan. Uh, for years, he was kind of like I prefer my mom and my dad to everyone in the entire universe, you know, and so I would arrive at his house and, you know, Nancy's really good about remembering, like, oh, we got to go on this trip, and your nephew's birthday was a couple weeks ago, he's got to get him a gift, I get him a gift, we wrap it, and I always grab it out of the trunk, you know, and I'm like, Nathan, I'm here, you know, come and give me a hug. (laughs) I am not giving it to him until he relents. I want a hug you have to come and get the gift. And there were many times where he was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. You know, and I would keep the present. I would hold on to it. I would keep it. It would, no, no. Now he's like, hey, what's up? I'm he gives me this quick hug as soon as I get there. And I'm like, you've learned. Like, (laughs) you've learned. You know how this works. The gift is there. It is ready to be received. And God is not some oppressive, ogre Uncle Keith who's like, you need to jump through these 17 hoops before you get what I'm going to give to you. He says this. What we need to do is say, I have need, I am a sinner, and I need a savior. And then we look to Christ, understanding the way that God has arranged things, and we receive by faith what he presents to us. Jesus goes to the cross, takes our sins, and is punished, and is raised because of his righteousness. And if we look to him and we say, that's what I need, God will give us righteousness. That's what the scriptures teach. But we need to be very careful we don't read the righteousness of Jesus as presently applied unless we have faith. I think the most lonely Bible verses are the ones that follow John 3.16, right? They're probably, they're actually probably less lonely than the ones that come before it. But John 3.16 says this, God so loved the world. God loved the world in this way that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, listen to what comes next because this is super important. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. There are some who say that's great news because that means that God doesn't want to condemn the world. God wants to save the world, right? He's not not a judgy, angry, condemning. No, 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 don't stop reading. Like, don't leave verse 18 lonely. Keep going. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Yes, good news. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. We are all living we are born living under the system that says payday is coming and judgment is coming and our condemnation is assured. But Jesus came into the world to free us from that. Condemnation. He came to bring the gift, and he says to us, "Here it is. You can receive it." And we're like, "Wait a minute. If I sign that contract, what, what's what? What are you going to demand of me? Like you're going to you're going to ruin my life? You know, you're going to you're going to give me this benefit for a year, and then you're going to raise my rates, right? You know, you're going to do this, that, and it. like we're so used to human trickery in contracts that we cannot understand that God has our best interests at heart, and He will say to us. This is what I will do. I will cancel your sin. I will give you my righteousness. I will adopt you as my child. I'll give you every spiritual blessing that you need in order to thrive and grow. We say, that's not possible. That's not possible. It's because we don't know what real goodness is like. Because all we've seen is human goodness. And there are some good humans. There are. But God's goodness far exceeds them. Verse 21 of Romans 5 says this, Sin reigned in death, but God sends Christ so that righteousness will reign and it will lead to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So let me challenge you and ask you this. If you are not one who has put your faith and trust in Christ, whose righteousness are you counting on if you are a believer and you find yourself continually going back to saying I must be perfect in order to earn let me say this to you don't rely on your own righteousness you are ruining your days you are our righteousness is paper thin but Hebrews chapter 7 says that Jesus righteousness is indestructible he took our punishment he he comes to take death and judgment upon himself but he has an indestructible life that's what hebrews seven sixteen says and the gift of the gospel is this that that when we put our faith and trust in christ we are united with him the bible says in a death like his he dies our death he goes into the grave and then we are raised with him when he is raised and we have his life within us, and we are righteous with his righteousness, truly free. The Bible is clear that this gift is better than the wage. Romans 8.35 says that the slave, the one who sins, does not remain in the house forever, but the sons of God, the son remains forever. And so if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed, that's good news. The Bible teaches us that because he died, identified with us, we put our faith and trust in Christ. He is raised and we are identified with him. That means that when someone says, what right do you have to be in heaven? And they're like, show me your credentials, right? Like we pull out our symbolic spiritual wallet and it says, as righteous as the son of God. That's the grace of God to us. It is counted to us. Romans says it is credited to us. And so here is my encouragement. As we close to you this morning, do not live and stand and depend and work for your own righteousness. It is an empty trap. The scriptures say that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses. He paid for our sins. And that means that we don't need to try to figure out how to cancel them out. We can be thankful for the Son of God who took them upon himself. And then it says he was raised for our justification. God vindicated Jesus. He he, he showed the people who put him to death that you cannot keep this man down, that he never did anything wrong, that he is not the sinner that you made him out to be. He is not a blasphemer. He did not do those works through demons or devils. No, this was my... God shows us that this was his work and then raises him from the dead, declaring him righteous. And we are identified with him. We are that righteous. And so celebrate the fact that he is risen. His righteousness is your present possession. Now, I said in the beginning that I really only love two days. But Martin Luther said this about days. He said that he had two days on his calendar. There was this day, the one in the present and then that day, the one when Jesus would collect him and call him home and he would be reunited with him two days on his calendar today and that day. And he said, I want to live this day for that day. As we think about the blessing of Jesus, Consider today as if it was a spiritual birthday. Every day that you have walked with Christ has been better than any day you spent apart from him because you possess a righteousness that cannot be destroyed. And so choose to live this day for that day, the day that you will meet him and be reunited with him. We're gonna pray and then we will stand and celebrate the resurrection as we finish. Father, thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the many blessings that come to us through him. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who've gathered here this morning. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here who has, does not have assurance of their righteousness, I pray that they would run to you in faith, that they would come to you and cling to to the cross, that they would come to the empty tomb and see that, that the one who was sentenced for their sins is not in the tomb but has been raised from the dead. And that means that we will not die because of our sins. We are united with him and we will be raised. And so, Father, I pray that faith would break forth this morning. I pray that you would assure those who put their faith and trust in you of their new life. And Father, so many I know struggle on a daily basis to really walk in the goodness of your righteousness, to really truly believe that they possess it. And so I pray that you would show them the cross and the empty tomb and give them great and deep assurance of your love and your care and your power on their behalf. We thank you that the tomb is empty We thank you that Jesus was on the cross and that he is now seated at your right hand and that he is our representative and our advocate. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Let's sing together.